Hello and welcome from wherever you are, whatever time of day it is when you're listening. We just appreciate you taking a moment to join us here on the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and I am joined by the brilliant Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how you doing, is it? I'm doing good. How's everybody out there doing today? I hope well as well. Yes, and that's your first cue. Whatever we're talking about, even if you just want to answer Brad and say how well you were doing today, today <laughs> of which we are recording on uh, Sunday, April 24th, if you want to say, like, on that day I was or was not doing great for the following reasons, stick around at the end. We we tell you all the places where you can find us on social and, you know, send us messages. So these are great questions to answer. We love your answers. It's weird, but don't judge us. Just play along because, you know. It's fun, and that's the only thing we're going for. With that in mind, we love to cover all the great fun news we can dig up each and every week for you here, all about DC Comics, its properties, and the ventures where you can find it. We're starting things off with movies, which is a popular place for us to be. And there's some big news. Depending on where you know this actor from, the impact could really say a lot about the casting of Susan Sarandon as the villain of Blue Beetle. Brad, what'd you think? That's quite a uh, star name there. Yeah, it is a star name. And, you know, we had talked about this before, but it was in terms of Sharon Stone possibly playing the role. But now it looks like it's gone to Susan Sarandon. Either one of those choices would have been great. But, you know, Susan Sarandon has such a, an incredible career prophecy, you know, behind her. So I think she's going to do a great job. Uh, as a character that was created for the movie and not from the comics. So that's that's kind of cool. Character named Victoria Cord. So wonder how that's going to tie into, you know, Ted Cord and bring you know, and Jamie Riaz. So, yeah, I think this uh, I think the story behind this movie is going to be kind of cool. Uh, what about you? I'm really intrigued. I mean, for one thing, if there's anything I can say about Susan Saran is that she has amazing range. I mean, you know, talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show, going to Dead Man Walking, including Thelma and Louise, which is probably like one of, I think, probably her seminal work, you know, like that one that sort of really established how much she was capable of doing and everything she's done in between. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I loved what you were talking about, the idea of the original Chord character and how that's going to play into the narrative and and what that can mean, because as we've seen now, it's not unheard of for a character to appear on screen first and later in the comics. So this could be a really fun possibility. Um, and I'm intrigued for the most part what we're going to learn along the way. I also like what you pointed out, which is true. We had been talking about Sharon Stone, and I'm intrigued now what the deciding factor might have been. Um, we already know that we've got a uh, Zolo Maradona and... Uh, we also know that we've got Angel Manuel Soto. I wonder how many more sort of developments we can look forward to. Movie comes out August 18th, 2023. That gives us just around like, what, 14, 15 months? I mean, I'm terrible at math, so don't rely on me at all. But it does feel like there are some things we can look forward to as far as more news. This feels like a pretty big one, though. I'm really interested and I, I'm curious, as you pointed out, what does it mean to have this new character come on board? And how can we look forward to what it's going to mean for Jaime, for Blue Beetle, for comics? It, it could be quite interesting, to say the least. As is the announcement that KJ Appa and Isabel May, names like all others I pronounce that may or may not be correct, are set to star in the Wonder Twins movie, Um it's going to get interesting. Uh, I love the fact that I met these characters as, you know, members of a cartoon team. Brad, what do you think about the idea of them coming to uh, a movie of their own and the actors that we have now being casted? Uh, I like it. Uh, KJ Appa plays Archie in Riverdale, so he's a huge star. And, you know, I, I haven't watched uh, 1883, the Yellowstone spinoff, but one thing that um, has made me want to watch it is I've read so much good things about Isabel May. Uh, she's one of the stars of 1883. Uh, everybody just raves about what a great job she does on that show. So uh, seeing her as a Wonder Twin, uh, I, I think she's more than capable for playing the role. Now I just got I'm, I'm more interested to see 
uh, I should say more interested. I, I'm interested to see this come together as well as Blue Beetle, you know, more casting announcements and things like that. And maybe uh, maybe get some kind of design sketches to see what the costumes are going to look like. But uh, so far, I think who they have cast as the as the twins is a, is a pretty good choice. What about you? Yeah, I I have not watched Riverdale. It's one of those ones I haven't pulled the trigger on. And my wife is a huge fan of Yellowstone, and I've watched all the way up through the current series right now. But I was not familiar with 1883. I I I am lucky enough to hang out with people like Brad and our amazing editor in chief Josh and Kelly and Steve and all that because they keep more tabs on the world than I do. Uh, <laughs> it's moments like this where I'm like, oh, yeah, I know of that. I just haven't done that. And ooh, um, but I'm intrigued to see this this sort of leap from a uh, streaming series to a movie like this. And and I'm interested because it's an opportunity to really bring to life a character for the first time. That's uh, an interesting challenge, too, because I'm I was really impressed with the uh, the Wonder Twins comic they had a little while back. It it was pretty amazing. It it really did some great stuff. It it really touched on some great points about fitting in and you know having this relationship with the Justice League, but also trying to also you know be a part of their school. And it it was a really I thought it was really well done. I'd love to see material from that make it into this. And now I'm really going to be intrigued to see 1883 and see if I can, you know, check out Isabel May. And who knows, maybe this will be the reason that I find myself finally pulling the trigger on Riverdale because I'm, I'm unpredictable. Uh, Josh, if you're listening, I checked out that Severn show you were telling me about. See, see, like that. And Brad, you tell me about stuff all the time that I'm like, I'm going to check that out. And then I do. And I think it's brilliant. And I loved it um, with that. I feel like it's an opportunity for anyone who knows of these actors to already enjoy what this can mean. And if you're like me and you're not as familiar with their work, you already know now that there are two different projects where you can check out each of them and see what they've done. There's also other projects they've done. So I always kind of get a kick out of this. It's like, will you, won't you learn more about this actor and see how they could bring that to an upcoming project? And speaking of upcoming projects, we still have one more bit of movie news coming your way. And that is that Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins have offered an update on Wonder Woman 3. Brad, what do you think about this one? I, you know, I'm just happy to get any updates about it uh, at this point because uh, we know that it's going to take a while. Because I, I, you know, both Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot have a lot on their plates. So, you know, it's 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 definitely going to take us a little while to see it. But I'm glad that they have started, um, you know, putting the script together and, you know, it, the, the wheels are moving. So that that's very hopeful that we're on, on track to get more information about this, uh, hopefully on the sooner side, especially now that uh, the Patty Jenkins Star Wars project has kind of been um, postponed or canceled or whatever the status it may be in. But uh, she might be able to work on uh, Wonder Woman 3 before that. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see it in the next few years. What about you? Yeah, I found a lot of fun things in this one. Um, For starters, just to pick up where you were right at there, the announcement about the uh, or the development that Star Wars Rogue Squadron is being put on hold. And then also that it looks like she's got a big period piece for this uh, Cleopatra film, which I think could be really interesting to sort of like use what that experience is like to carry over to Wonder Woman 3. I, I just feel like when you're, you know, getting the chance to explore uh, the past and you have a character with a connection to the past in another project, uh, the the two can inform each other in really great ways. And it can also give you an opportunity to uh, draw on some themes that you might discover or if nothing else, find inspiration. I, I'm always going to go back to what we saw happen with the Peacemaker series and the, uh, the shutdown and suddenly gun comes out and it's like, yeah, by the way, I had this suicide squad. Now I got a peacemaker series. Go figure, you know, with Jenkins, I really think there could be an opportunity that something like the Cleopatra project could be a great development. And then I also love that this just sort of spins out of Godot having a uh, Mac and cheese company. And then, you know, sort of yeah. coming in at the end of an interview. Right. <laughs> and yeah. That's something like, I did not know. Right. <laughs> Goodles. 
<laughs> That's right, folks. Goodles. If you're looking for mac and cheese from Gal Gadot, or at least her company, Goodles. There you go. Did my pitch. I don't say where you have to send the check, but Brad and I, we both deserve a cut, as does the rest of the team. With that, <laughs> I love that there's basically like walking in or being present for an interview and then in the process say, yeah, we're talking. We're actually in the mix of working on the script and getting the third one made. And this is where I get a kick. It's like, you know, almost anyone who has learned to be practiced in front of a microphone or speak to the public has like a sort of like rhythm and cadence. And usually that only breaks if they're really excited or if emotions take over. And so when she starts like repeating words and saying, so it's all the wheels are working and turning and I'm super excited for the fans to come. <laughs> like, I, I love the fact that it was just sort of like, yeah, the wheels are working and turning. Okay, I know you're trying to get excited about this, but at the same time, I also know you're so excited that you're like, yeah, wheels working and turning, uh, <laughs> like spinning or I just had a bit of fun with that and that she's super excited for the fans to come and, and watch it once it's made. I, I love that enthusiasm. It reminds me of when we were talking about Aquaman 2 and, uh, you know, there you've got the lead actor saying, yeah, I've been pitching stuff to the script. I even actually wrote stuff for the, the, the movie. And you're like, go on. Good job. Like, yeah, way to commit to it instead of just sitting back like they deliver a script. I read some lines. I'm cool. You know, and it, I, I dig it. So, yeah, there was a lot of positive stuff that came out of this one for me. One more time, because it's fun to say. Goodles. Um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring us on along to our uh, streaming news. And we've got, wow, we've got some interesting developments coming our way. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty curious to hear, Brad, I know that you and Steve would probably have a heyday with this one because they, they made a nice appearance in Doom Patrol. And now we have the announcement that uh, Dead Boy Detectives is an ordered series to be featured on HBO Max. What'd you think? I, I uh, I'm excited for this because I I love any character that came from the Sandman universe, and I love that they're keeping it in the uh, the the Doom Patrol universe uh, as well. So it's kind of like a a, a twofer. Uh, uh, yeah, and and the premise seems like it could be a lot of fun. Uh, you know to dead detectives and a live boy try to solve mysteries and uh it's eight episodes and that's that's pretty standard for a streaming series so uh, i'm glad i got eight episodes and not four or six you know i think they can tell a a nice good chunk of story in eight episodes so yeah i uh, i can't wait for this i'm i'm very excited uh what about you i'm I'm really intrigued. Uh, for one, you know, I, I've gained insight just from hearing you talk about the Dead Boy Detectives and getting to see what I did see on Doom Patrol and gradually immersing myself um, into the Sandman universe and sort of getting a chance to understand how these characters come into play with it. I, I'm also intrigued by the fact that um, it's going to be the uh the dead boy detectives plus a live boy but then we're also going to have uh the night nurse um who we saw in Doom patrol which is kind of fun little nice continuity and i'm also interested in uh in this jenny the butcher character who's being played by brianna kuoko which i think could be a connection to kaylee kuoko no guarantees on that but yeah, I had to I wonder for yeah, just yeah, a second. Yeah, I was wondering that myself. Uh, yeah, it, it teases yeah. the brain, that last name. It's not yeah. something I've seen before. It's not, you know, I was like, wait a minute. Could there be two and not related? Interesting. So curious to see how that plays out. I also love the idea of an eight-episode order. I really feel like they could turn this into an ongoing series that has a lot of life. Um, so I'm, I'm in, intrigued, encouraged, excited, and you know, with good stuff like that coming your way, how can you not be? I mean, that's me. That's me. Also exciting is the fact that we have fun developments regarding uh, HBO Max reportedly uh, circling. Oh, I could I could say this name terribly long. Uh, Sope Dirisu for Constantine series. And man, um I think it's big news. Anything about Constantine gets me excited. Brad, I, I, I'm sure you've got thoughts. Yeah, I 
I, I'm all for more Constantine. So yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm all for a new series and, uh, like how they describe it as a series that blends urban action, body horror, and the supernatural on the streets of modern day London follows a young man whose entire world is upended when a chance encounter with the young girl pulls him into the dark and treacherous world of the occult. So that seems like maybe a kind of a different take on Constantine than we've seen. So that's kind of interesting. I like kind of the idea of a gritty London supernatural story. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm definitely looking forward to this and I'm hoping that this is, you know, one of those things where we kind of have a new story about it almost every week. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. What about you? Yeah, I really like the way you broke down that description. I, I think it's a, you know, a really fun tease that sort of gives you some great visuals and modern day London on top of it for a great setting. And this idea of a young man being drawn into the world. So I haven't seen as much and I haven't read as much Constantine as you have, but this sounds like it's taking an opportunity to go back to the beginning with the character and maybe tell it in a new way um, with a new character like Akara. Is that one you recognize from the comics or? Uh, no, no. Steve okay. might, but right off the top of my head at this point, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with Astra and and the story about the you know the the tragedy that occurs, and and this feels like it could be a really fun new approach that that could show us just some great ideas about how you like start a character from the beginning and sort of build everything that comes out of it, and who knows maybe even play with what we already think we know about Constantine and have a little bit of fun with it. So it sounds like it's great potential. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued. I haven't seen gangs of London. So, um, yeah, I have not either. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar. Um, but I'm intrigued now. So I'm curious to see like, if this will be another one where I'm like, all right, I might go check out your work just because I saw you in, or heard that you're going to be in something else. And <laughs> mm -hmm. sometimes that's all it takes. Uh, but again, anything Constantine, good reason to get excited and something I'm looking forward to enjoying um i'm also kind of intrigued by this story that that was sort of fun for me in that i recently saw this episode and it, it took me a while to get familiar with this character who recently appeared on young justice known as razor and a brief little breakdown about the character's appearance and how we have a, a bit of continuity between two shows brad what'd you think about that one yeah i think this is a cool idea and i was uh, interested in your input as well, seeing as how you are such a fan of the the Young Justice, so uh, you know I, I like the idea that they're bringing in the Green Lantern series. Uh, this is a character that I'm not familiar with, but the way it's described with the lantern rings uh, seems very cool. Uh, what about you? It was a really great episode. I love the appearance of this character. He essentially first is shown um, as a blue lantern who has lost hope, but who has an ace in his pocket because he used to be a red lantern and he gave his red ring to Metron to hold as safekeeping. And he's now looking to get it back. However, because you're when you're dealing with Metron, you you never know <laughs> like what you're going to get. Right. So. uh when he goes to get back the red ring, he's he's forced to make a very interesting choice. And then afterwards, an unexpected possibility comes out of that, I guess is the best way I can sort of tease it. But it also folds really nicely into the larger narrative, which has to do with Young Justice and uh, two people from the team traveling to New Genesis as ambassadors, as part of a group looking to. Yeah, I don't want to get further in the plot than that. So with that, <laughs> the appearance I thought was really cool because it was a character who I kind of remember this storyline from the end of the Green Lantern series. It was it was something I would catch when I was watching something else. And eventually I started watching it a little bit more, um, but I'd missed the beginning. So I wasn't as familiar with the longer like what had been the season sort of storyline up to that point. 
But I do remember some elements from what this article describes. And it does give me a little bit of background on the character. And, man, I say when you catch up, it's going to be kind of cool to come back to this and take a look. Because I think it'll be really fun when you do yeah. get to that point in the series. And you're like, oh, wow, that was that character again. So uh, look forward to that. It should be really cool. <laughs> and uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Because then we've got some comics and some other news coming your way. But we want to make sure we pay some bills. Because that's how we keep the lights on over here. We'll be right back. Trust me, even faster than you can imagine. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman the animated series week by week episode by episode just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones I am the night hello listeners this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. See what I mean? Like, so fast. Unbelievably fast. Thank you. You're welcome. Actually, I didn't really do anything. And, you know, it's our amazing editor-in-chief who puts together that great ads package so you can always keep up on the great stuff we have for you and the great stuff we're bringing to you and all the things you should be keeping aware of. For example, the fact that we've already covered movies, TV, and streaming, which means it is time for us to deep dive into some comics. Oh my, oh why, oh, look what we have, and I do spy. Brad, we've got our first story, taking a first look, actually, at the chaos reigning on Themyscira, Trial of the Amazons. It's getting a little hectic from the looks of it, or is that just me? No, yeah, it looks like it's definitely getting hectic. And I got to tell you, I want to read the whole issue when it comes out. So I was good. And I looked at uh, the preview pages, but I didn't read it. Uh, and the art is incredible. Uh, you're in for a treat. And I think that I, I, this story is going to really end with uh, with the bang. So uh, just uh, get ready for that. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed uh, Trial of the Amazon so far. And it looks like the uh, the ending is really going to be just as good. Uh, what about you? I have also enjoyed it. Such a great story. I mean, it was really tough that it begins with tragedy. And then I really felt like it did a great job of continuing on and some wonderful moments. And I agree with you. It was sort of like I looked at the pages and I just kind of kept right clicking like glance, glance, glance. Oh, nice. Okay. Don't read the words. Don't read the words. Just look at the pretty pictures. Click through fast. Get a like try and make it almost like a teaser trailer. Like by the time you're done, you're like, that's it. It's over and done. I'm out. See you later. Um, so that was that was kind of neat. Um, I 
I'm really interested in all of the things that they're getting a chance to cover by doing this series, because if there's one thing that's really sort of caught my interest, it's the fact that up until now, it hasn't really felt like the Bonham McDowell have, have been as involved in Wonder Woman story. And then also now you've got the rise of the Esquisita, which I think in the trial of the Amazons, number one, when they first showed up, it was so awesome. Like it was like the coolest splash page. They were just mm-hmm. like vibrant and it was almost like a big acrobatic dance. It was really, it was really cool. Yeah, so I got a yeah. huge kick out of like that approach. And I feel like that's a kind of energy that so many other writers and artists are going to be able to be like, man, I got some ideas. We should talk. Esquisita, Bonham McDowell, Amazon. You know what I mean? Like I feel mm-hmm. like you can do so much when this series is done and i like what the article suggests the idea that sure they've got a lot of things that separate them and in in the first issue of trial the amazons man everybody's talking trash so much trash talking like everyone's like what you want to go what's up (laughs) (laughs) okay aren't we all never mind never mind but uh it 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 is a great tease for a great series i've really enjoyed and i can't wait to see what comes out of it because i feel like it's going to be one of those where it's like, hey, there's like five or six paths. Take them all. It's going to be fun. Um, I also love the fact that uh, we've got some announcements coming regarding a first look at the DC Comics 2022 Pride issue, including some stories from Nicole Maines, Kevin Conroy, and oh, Brad, I'll let you tell them about the rest, man. What did you think? Man, it's quite a list. Now, I... Man, I thought that we had talked about some of these before. I could have been mistaken and could be another anthology. But uh, even if we did talk about it before, I don't, you know, Nicole Maines and Kevin Conroy was not announced. And I think that's really cool. They both have uh, so much experience, you know, with Kevin Conroy playing Batman so many times uh, in different animated series and video games. And then Nicole Maines, uh, who portrayed uh neil now on supergirl so uh, it's it's great including them when they have so much dc knowledge going into it i'll be really interested to see what they what they come up with um but yeah the, the rest of this is these creative teams are are great um uh stephanie phillips uh danny fernandez ted brandt rose stein i the list the list just goes on Travis Moore um so yeah I once again you know we talk about this all the time but DC really knows how to put together a good uh, anthology book and this uh is definitely going to be uh, up there with one of them uh, what about you yeah I do remember us discussing the pride 2022 issue and I I feel like we covered a few things like the Ray and a few other characters that we knew were going to be in it but I also feel that the uh, announcement about Maines and Kevin Conroy is a newer development. Um, I I wasn't I don't remember that being uh, <laughs> part of the earlier discussion. So I, I love the fact that there's more to enjoy, more to look forward to. I mean, the story collection is great. The one with Kevin Conroy finding Batman sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and uh, if you look through the rest, it's just kind of ridiculous just how many there are and how good they look in the teams. It's it's going to be a great package. I mean, love the one from last year. I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm going to love the one from this year. And it's always nice to get a few details where it's like, yeah, you, you want to know how much you're going to love it? Take a look. Take a peek. And uh, by the way, great covers. I mean, some gorgeous stuff that they're showing. The uh, yeah. Jim Bartel, the uh, Phil Jimenez. Um, oh, and the Joshua Sway one. Wow. <laughs> pretty yeah. impressive stuff like really yeah. it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a nice addition to your shelf you're gonna be glad you got it i'm gonna be glad i got to tell you about it and um well with that i also love the fact that we can talk about how dc comics is celebrating george perez's birthday for all of june which means all june comics will feature a double page spread in the honor of the legendary artist's birthday which is on june night brad what did you think about this amazing list of people who are going to be part of that oh uh, i love it um you know anything that honors george perez and and you know why we still well he's still among us i just i like he's just one of my favorite artists uh ever i mean i i really associate him with me getting into comics because 
you know, some of the first DC books I read were uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and Man of Steel. So uh, I, I always, uh, ha- you know, held his work so dear to my heart. So I just love that they are doing this tribute. And uh, we've got some great names as well. Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Alex Ross, uh, Walter Simonson. You know, I mean, it's just the list is just is just crazy and it's just going to be really nice to see uh what about you it's phenomenal i mean it's it's fairly amazing as you read through the list of people involved it's it's everybody you would expect everybody you could imagine um and and the names that 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 sort of stick out for me because we've talked about them so often or because they're part of projects that we've enjoyed so much you know stuff like kevin mcguire you know, you, you know you're going to see something about his facial expressions just coming through on one of the characters with a closer look. And then with each one of the uh, artists, you, know, you felt it. And I got a kick out of the idea that it's it was a layout designed by Dan Jurgens, and then it has so many Alex Ross. Like, you know, you're going to feel like he, there's something about each one of these artists that you you know you've seen some element of their art that you'll be able to pick out anywhere. And I think that's going to be part of the fun is just looking over this and without, I mean, sure, there's a list on here that tells you who everybody's doing, but come on, it, you could do that or you could have fun looking at the picture first, trying to guess what you think, you know, and then looking at the list and having fun about recognizing the other talents. And it, it's such a great way. And it's all being done to celebrate these characters that, like you said, you know, brought so many people into comics. I mean, I can definitely remember that it was this little dollar no, it was like even like 50 cents, 75 cent box where I got a couple of old issues of the Titans and and sort of really understood his art from that place. So it, it's a gift. It's just one of those great gifts. And I love that they're going to feature it in DC Comics in June. I'm wondering, though, OK, so where's the poster or where's the special whatever? Because I also feel like there's going to be a desire at some point to, you know, make this into something that's so gorgeous that you're going to want it hung on your wall it's gonna look that good and i i feel like there's gonna be plenty of people are gonna be like i'm gonna buy two issues of some issue and tear this thing out anyways and do that on my own until they do but uh you know should you want to keep your issue together dc we will pay for the poster we'll pay for some sort of great additional with that and give the proceeds to george perez and his family i would be happy to support that and you know I'd probably pay whatever you ask. Just don't take all my money because I can't buy the rest of your stuff. But, you know, um, it's a gift. And I I think it's an amazing thing to look at that all these people want to contribute to something that is in honor of you. Um, I I think it's something that's well-deserved by George Perez. And I think it's such a a fun idea. I I can't wait to take it all in in person Um, for our final comics story. We have the announcement that uh, Charlize Theron is bringing DC Comics series to HBO Max. And it's one that I really enjoyed. Brad, what did you think about this announcement? Are you familiar with the the book? Uh, Yes. Uh, You know, uh, this is another thing that we talk about is how good the YA books that DC has been putting out have been. And this, um, you brought me the ocean was one of the better ones. And, uh, I think that, um, you know, it's cool that she wants to produce the show. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll be interested when she starts, uh, doing, you know, press for it and, you know, how, how did the project come to her? How did she discover the book? How, you know, what, what was it about the story that drew her to it? I'd be really curious to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think this was, uh, you, you know, a story that when I was reading and I thought, oh, I, I could imagine this being, you know, adapted somehow. So, um, yeah, that's really cool. I'll be interested in seeing, you know, more news about this come out as well. Uh, what about you? Really enjoyed the book. Thought it was a really well done story. I loved everything about it. Um, and and I agree with you. I could definitely see it as being a project that was brought to the screen. I'm also curious what what caught her attention, why she was drawn to be involved in this one. 
And I know that she had done production work. I just wasn't aware of, uh, I knew about Atomic Blonde, but I don't think I'd been aware of Hatfield and McCoy's or Mindhunter, which I felt was a really interesting project because of the attention to detail for the time period it takes in. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, someone who's done work like that bringing to life this YA book. And also, I'm curious to see, like, what this could mean for future projects. I mean, I... I we both know there's a ton of YA material out there right now, and it's just waiting to be brought to the screen. And who knows which one could find its way into uh, being a production of her company. I I like the possibility, and I'm looking forward to more announcements about this. With that, we shift gears. We've got our other category. And... We've got some stuff. All right, to lead off, it's the first one, something that you might have heard us talk about something similar before. And that's the fact that when there is gorgeous art that comes out in the form of a statue, we are we are drawn to it. Let's just say we, well, maybe it's just me, but <laughs> it's so easy to talk about. It ends up being so much fun. I'm talking about the Prime One Studio Joker statue by Jorge Jimenez. Brad, what did you think about this rendering? Oh, man. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, the detail, you know, I, we always talk about the detail, but this one specifically on the statue is just incredible. I love the little, like, little stuffed Batman at his feet and uh, how you can get a punchline standing behind him. Uh, you know, I guess it, it's just, it's incredible. And uh, the Jorge Jimenez's design for the Joker has always been um, one of my favorites of the modern interpretation. So I love that they use that. Uh, there's so many um, oh, different little things that come with it. Um, a mask, the, the, like the cane, the batarangs with the Joker face on them. I mean, it's just, yeah. If uh, if you have the money, it's pretty expensive. But if you have the money, man, this is this is worth it. Uh, what about you? Yeah, the details are pretty phenomenal. I loved all the ones you pointed out. Uh, the stuffed Batman immediately just <laughs> at the feet. There's something just really fun and cute about that. It makes for uh, just a really great. I mean. I think the thing is, once you've gotten to the point that you've decided you're going to collect something like this, you can sort of just see it um, when, when you picture one of these, when you get a chance to look at the images for it, you can sort of just see where it's going on the wall. Um, I love this sort of like blue-green effect that's going on as well when you're looking at it. Uh, the images all have this really fun background. Um, I love the mask in the hand. Um, <laughs> there's just... Mm. There's all these fun things where as you're going through it, you can really pick out these uh, these great sort of choices that you have with the accessories. Um, you got the half bat mask. You've got the different poses. I mean, if you've got the shelf and you know exactly where it's going to fit, it, it's going to look so good there. I, I don't know how you'll resist. However, I also don't want to know how you're going to pay for it. So we'll keep both of those a secret. And uh, <laughs> because if I know how you do it, I might be tempted to do the same thing. And, well, who knows if I'll be as successful as you are. Plus, there are uh, just going to be 750. Deluxe version 300. It's going to be available between July and September. I think this is wrong. It says 2020, but I feel like that's incorrect. So I'm going to say that's wrong. <laughs> and... Uh, and say, hey, look for it, find out, um, do whatever you can or can't do about it. But we just pointed to where it is. Just like we're going to point to the fact that should you be interested in picking up a wedding ring these days, upgrading perhaps, you have the option to go ahead and get a hold of a manly band, which is not something I had ever heard of until this story. Manly Band, which has partnered with Warner Brothers for heroic wedding rings. Brad, what'd you think about this one? Oh man, uh, if I ever get married again, I think I'm gonna have to go for that flash ring. I think that's that's my favorite from a flicky fashions perspective. But they are all 
really stunning and really cool and such a great idea. Um, I, I, I think, of course, that the Batman one is going to be the most popular, not only because the character is the most popular, but it is kind of the most subtle design out of all of them. But uh, these are just, yeah, these are these are gorgeous. I really, I really like these, and I, I, I really like the coloring too. Just looking at the Aquaman ring, that's that's really cool too. So yeah, I, I like them all. What about you? I mean, they are really amazing. I was kind of caught when I saw. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? No, yeah. you are not. And you've got good stuff. Like, check it out. Um, they're they're all really sharp. Totally agree. Uh, price range goes anywhere from 600 to 2400. Um, I don't know what makes the difference, but you can go to the Manly Wan, Manly Wan, Manly Bands website and you can check that out for yourself. Um, the Flash one, you had me, dude. As soon as I saw that one as well, I was like, "Yep, that's it. That's the one. That's the winner." Um, I just love everything about it, and I can easily see it being like you know. Uh, the one you wear out for a fancy dinner or something like that. You're going out somewhere. I don't know. I'd be too worried about scuffing it up if I just wore it all the time. So with that, should you find yourself in the need or just want to bookmark it for the future, Manly Bands, DC Comics, go check it out. Now, because we're still in the other category and because I just like having fun, um, I get a huge kick out of anytime we have something that I find is a bit unexpected. Manly Bands, for example, was one. This next one is the announcement that EDM's Elenium is joining forces with DC Comics and Electric Family for a stunning Batman merchandise. Uh, this seemed like an interesting one. I'm, I'm not familiar with EDM connecting with comics or DC ever. Brad, did ring a bell? No, but I, I like the idea. It makes sense. Uh, you know, I think so many of people that are in the prime of their making their art right now definitely had a history of growing up with characters like Batman. So it kind of makes sense that that um, kind of can, uh, you know, roll over into things like wanting to do collabs for, for merch. And uh, it's, it's a cool idea too, because Making music these days, it's not the easiest thing to make money at. So having these little side things to do and these collaborations, I think it's pretty smart. And from a flicky fashion sense, I, I like them all. I, I kind of want that hoodie. And that jersey is pretty fantastic. Uh, it's very uh, it's very loud, but the art that they chose to be included in it is, is very cool. It's definitely a very cool look. Uh, what about you? Yeah, this was really interesting to me. I was really caught by it. So for one, the T-shirt um, is pretty awesome. <laughs> I just love the pose where you've got uh, Batman sort of like lifting up his cape, standing on the gargoyle. And then you've got that sort of like streaking Phoenix uh, image above. Um, yeah. Probably go with Phoenix. I, I couldn't remember a time when, when you know, like, I feel like when we were talking about death metal and some others that there were rock bands that had been connected to those projects and there were things like that. Um, this felt like a different direction. I love what you pointed out. Like, yeah, music isn't the easiest thing to make money at these days. And actually, there's a ton of people doing it. And it kind of requires as much ingenuity as, you know, creating a song that sticks with people as it does making money on different projects that you can also connect with and just sort of give you a chance to broaden your audience potentially. Um, this offers t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, um, the baseball jersey, like you said, it is loud, but man, great, great design. And DC Universe Infinite subscribers get early access uh, 8 a.m., which is before it opens up to the general public to hours later they're saying 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern time um and also there's going to be a limited edition comic book cover on friday april 22nd which just happened oh no the first 100 people of the 3000 limited comics also got one that was autographed by grammy nominated fallen embers producer i mean pretty interesting the idea to uh to go with this approach 
I, I get a kick anytime you you have the possibility of widening the audience. And Brad, I think you brought up a great point. Like, how many people who work in music, who also are fans of different kinds of music, are like, yeah, you know what a connection is? We grew up watching Batman stuff. Uh, <laughs> with that, like, how is there not to enjoy? Uh, we've got one final other story that I'm I'm going to do my best to fumble through, but I know that I've got Brad because that's just a good thing for me to know, and it's very helpful when it comes to our topic that Warner Brothers Discovery will be, in quotes, bolstering DC Comics video games output following recent merger. Brad, you know more than I know about about video games in such a substantial way. What, what does this mean based on what you know and what it's describing here in this article? We're going to be getting some more DC games. And I think that that is great because DC games have pretty much overwhelmingly been well-received by both the public and, uh, and critics. Uh, the Arkham games are probably some of my favorite video games of all time. So I love the idea of more Batman games. And we already know we're getting Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad game uh, and a Wonder Woman game. So the possibilities are endless. And I'm kind of hoping for, you know, a, a Superman game again. I know there, we've come close. They've been canceled. But I think it would be cool to uh, to get a Superman uh, Superman game. Uh, oh, and Injustice are other video, are other DC games that were very critically acclaimed. So, yeah, I, I love the idea for some more DC video games. I think I, I think we need more. Uh, what about you? Well, yeah, now I'm even more intrigued simply because uh, you're bringing up some great topics that that I do remember. Yeah, Injustice was you know so well received, the Arkham game, uh, and the series. And the recent, you know, announcements of other projects like uh, the spinoff with Gotham Knights. But yes, I would love to see a Superman game. I distinctly remember like a late 80s, early 90s arcade version of Superman that wasn't amazing, but it was whatever. It was Superman. So I saved quarters and I went and played it. Is it the West Side Liquor Market? Tracy. Yeah. So I would distinctly <laughs> remember like, you know. That was a game that it was it was fun and it was Superman. But even then, I kind of knew, like, it'd be cool if you could do more. Yeah. So with that in mind, the idea of taking the technology we have and finally producing a great Superman game instead of uh, rumored canceled ones. Uh, same thing with some Batman titles, a Wonder Woman game, which I would totally dig. Come on, I want to be Wonder Woman swinging a lasso, riding lightning, and you know what I mean? Like, come on, how, how do you not want to enjoy something cool like that? So between that and the fact that we've had some delays for projects like Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, um, and, and what it would mean if you could actually, as this article describes, try and put a czar in place and, and have them basically take on a Kevin Feige sort of role you could really get somewhere i still feel like all the details of these mergers have not been explained or broken down yet so i'm grateful anytime i have brad with me on any story but specifically on the video game one you just sort of fill in some gaps where i'm like okay i can get behind that and i can see some of that and you remind me of some context that for me i'm familiar with its importance because of how I see it in articles and media, but I didn't play the games. So, you know, my ability to recall it in that way, it's vastly limited. So, Brad, thank you for the insights. Thank you for sort of breaking that down for me in a way that I could digest and hopefully in some sort of reasonable or understandable way, talk about it maybe even explain something <laughs> with that that is our final story this has been dc comics news weekly episode number 158 i've been your host Seth singleton i've been with the amazing brad felicki who has brilliant ideas all the time and should you want to keep up with them on a regular basis maybe in your stream on a platform brad where can the good folks go and keep up uh, you can find me writing news and reviews with dc comics news Dot com, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1.
Complete deal. I was just kind of thinking like, yeah, that's Brad. Go get him. Um, you can find me here. You can find me hanging out with the gang here on the weekly podcast, uh, writing reviews on occasion over at DC Comics News. And then I, I just kind of bounce around. So if you can remember my name, Seth Singleton, and it leads you somewhere, send me a message. If not, um, you know what? I would recommend dig around DC Comics News. That's where you can find, as Brad mentioned himself, you can find me, you can find the rest of the gang that's part of the DC Comics News podcast team, but also the great stuff they do on the website at DC Comics News. And to make sure you never miss out on great upcoming episodes of this podcast, subscribe now, whatever platform you're listening to. It'll guarantee new episodes of the weekly podcast, um, episode by episode, great programs like Mad Love, like I Am the Night, the Batman animated series one hosted by uh, Mr. Steve J. Ray, and so many other great things coming your way. There will one day be a Felicky Fashions, mark my words. This is just, I will say it over and over again. And if you have thoughts or comments, maybe you had questions, not only regarding the first one that Brad asked at the beginning of the episode, do you remember? You might have to go all the way back and listen. That's okay. You might have had others along the way. That's great. Let us know what they are. Go to your favorite social media platform from Tumblr to Twitter to Facebook to Instagram to YouTube to I, I think I think we're everywhere. But all you have to do is type in the at symbol and DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And when you do, that message will get to the entire team. We'll know what you're thinking, questions you're asking, and we love having a great conversation with you each and every time with that we only have one final reminder we'd love for you to keep in mind between now and the next whatever your interaction is with us and that is to always read more comics (laughs) yeah baby oh that was phenomenal (laughs) hey folks we're out of here